for History Matters. We are joined on this historic week by the one and only Scott Washington, historian extraordinaire, to take a look back at this week in history. Good morning. Well, How are good you? Good morning, Aaron. I, I just feel so privileged to be here uh, in these historic studios of WCHL spanning two millennia. I mean, you know, that's amazing. And, you know, when, of course, for those who haven't caught up with the fact that WCHL is celebrating its 70th year, uh, being in broadcasting, uh, in 1953, it's really interesting, Elvis Presley was finishing his senior year of high school yeah. when this station went on the air. Well, we were looking at, because, you know, we had a bunch of folks coming into the studio in the morning to, yeah. you know, share their thoughts and memories about the, the time that they had spent with the station. Andrew Stuckey's uh, approach was to, to go back and, and could play, like, the, the hit songs of 53, 63, 73, 83, right. 93. So we're like, oh, what was the hit song of, 19, of January of 1953? And we looked it up and it was how much is that doggy in the window <laughs> by I think Patty Page and it's like that's the level that we were at yeah, 70 years ago right. we've we've advanced beyond that today I think. <laughs> well I'm looking for an updated version of that in, of some way but uh, it, no it so we will not get it <laughs> that's right. no we're not going to get it <laughs> uh, well Elvis Presley uh, he, he graduates uh, in June of 53 mm -hmm. he actually sings at his graduation and uh, gets a rousing applause from the accounts that I've read, and uh, then begins working in, like, machine tooling, and then does something at the famous studios, Sun Studios, where he records, like, his first song. But mm. it's kind of amazing to think that this this radio station, WCHL, spans uh, that entire time. It's just a, an amazing accomplishment. And I think we've been we've been doing this, and so our we had. <laughs> well, today we have, is our anniversary, right. isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. That's right. Of of the history that's matters right. segment, which has now been going for six years as of yes. today. So we're we're about we're getting we're getting close to having been ten percent of of WCHL's history has That's included right. history well, matters. If we start so. talking, you know. Thank you very much. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have that kind of uh, depth. Although we, we actually, you know, long before that, uh, when I was at the Orange County Historical Museum as the assistant director there, I was. Uh, uh, completely enthusiastic about always saying, hey, there's something going on. And you were so kind to say, oh, come in. That come sounds in interesting. talk about it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So finally, I, I think it was you who said uh, in, uh, when, when was it, uh, in 2016, or maybe we should do something. And we've kind of And we've been this doing something ever since. Yeah. That's right, exactly. So <laughs> well, I'm glad to be aboard this, uh, this, this train of uh, great... Uh, radio that defines WCHL and uh, appreciate uh, our opportunities to have our conversations. It's so much fun. Um, there's a couple of things happening today. And speaking of fun, well, let me just tell you about one right away. Um, this is one, if you've ever had ice cream treats, and, uh, then you will appreciate this. Um, and it happens on uh, January 24th in 1922. The Eskimo Pie is patented by a fellow named C.K. Nelson. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a teacher and operated also as a side business, a side hustle, we'd call it today, uh, an ice cream store. 
But then he saw a kid coming in who couldn't make up his mind between getting an ice cream cone and a chocolate bar. And he said, maybe we could combine this. Now, you know, it's hard to believe that this wasn't available at that time. He experiments and comes up with what we know now as that candy coating that goes around ice cream novelties. Uh, develops a patent, and here's the interesting thing. So 1922 starts a whole new industry, multi-million dollar industry. Well, he doesn't know it at the time, but the patent is written so broadly uh, that he thinks uh, this is going to protect him from everybody, but actually that was a problem. Patents are only specifically for a specific invention or an application or formula. If he had done that, then he could have protected more, but it was written so broadly within six years it's thrown out. And oh, wow. <laughs> so you know, one of those interesting things to say, well, he started a whole trend, even though it didn't last uh, for him uh, as, as long. So uh, that's one of those interesting kind of notes of history. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I'm sorry you're having a bad day. Here, have an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> like, ah! ah, darn. Um, this is one that... There's a couple of flyers that come up this week. Um, one I, is a name that I had run across who is really unusual. And, you know, um, we always think of uh, somebody like Amelia Earhart when mm-hmm. we think of early women aviators. But another one actually before her was a woman named Bessie Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, is African-American and Native American ancestry. She's born in uh, 1892 and um, her parents are sharecroppers in Texas. She looks up, you know, and I'm, I imagine we don't have this exactly, but she sees maybe some of the first planes flying. She sees birds flying and says, I want to do this too. Mm. And so she saves up money. Um, she moves to Chicago uh, when she's fairly young and she starts hearing about these tales of aviators coming back from World War One, right. and she says, oh, this is what I want to do. She gets some uh, support from a local newspaper. She goes to France because there's nothing here in the United States. Right. She's also African-American. There's uh, Jim Crow laws that are just preventing her from doing things, and she gets to France. She trains. She comes back. And again, there's not really a place for an aviator in 1920 or 1921 when she starts flying. Um, So she starts barnstorming. And then she realizes that if she really wants to be this good, she's going to have to get more training. But again, she can't find training, goes back to France, comes back again, becomes one of the most renowned Mm. uh, daredevil flyers uh, for the next five years. Uh, that inspires everyone. And I think probably Amelia Earhart, though I haven't found that exact, uh, it's only kind of a dotted line, but she was there as a real pioneer um, in the, uh, which I think is just remarkable. And she was offered a role in a film, but they said, but you you need to kind of dress in rags. And she said she wanted nothing to do with that because it was about her dignity. And I just think that's inspiring story to see. Somebody who said, I want to do this, I can fly high, and yep. anyone who has a dream can do that, too. On a side note, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> barnstorming yes. is a really, really specific time period in American history when right. that was a thing for right. like aviation, like stunt pilots and aviation yes. experts and baseball teams that would tour around the, That's right. the country. It's a... Like it's and 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 like technology has so much to do with this because yes. this is a time period when 
transportation has advanced just far enough that you can have someone touring around the country doing this, but that's still like a unique thing, and it's very difficult for other people to travel, right? Like, So you have to wait for people to come to you. Right. Yeah. Very unusual. Yeah. Not only that, but it's like, well, how do you make money? Nobody's thinking about transportation or mail. They're just saying, look, it can fly, and maybe that's where we get crowds together to watch or maybe take rides up in these bike right, lanes, right. which is really incredible to think that people were doing this. I know this isn't the just, thing that I'm supposed to be taking from the story of this amazing pioneering no, no, woman is. who becomes... Think, <laughs> but it's interesting. I, well, and I think what you are suggesting, too, is as when we get new technology, it, we're playful. We don't always know where it's going to lead. Right. And we say... Let's just see. Maybe this this new fangled thing called radio. Who knows where Who knows? that will lead? Yeah, <laughs> and how it becomes something that actually changes our lives. Yeah. In and the ways. age of barnstorming comes to an end after yeah. the car becomes ubiquitous, and right. you, we build the interstate system, and people can drive to places as right. opposed to having to like stay in place and wait for people who just have access to this technology to come to us. Right. And that barnstorming, of course, these planes can land almost anywhere. There's not really airfields. Right. <laughs> right. Really also true. This. If there's a road, that this is what makes what they accomplish kind of amazing and lift our eyes to higher things. And that remi- brings me to another uh, issue of uh, flying. This will be where we end. Okay. Um, his name is Walter Frederick Morrison, and um, he he has a birthday this week, born January 23rd. I was wondering if you were going to go here. <laughs> yes, I am, because this is a great guy. And partially because um, he, he comes up with this idea with his fiance, who becomes his wife. Um, they're on a beach, and they're tossing around like a popcorn lid, and seeing it can kind of sail, but it also twists and bends. They also then find Frisbee pie plan, pie pan, and they find that, oh, that had a little bit more weight, and then somebody comes up to them and says, hey, can I buy that from you from, <laughs> for 75 cents? And like, wow, this is a business idea, um, and uh, thinks nothing of it, and really there are these pie pans that were named Frisbee, uh, he goes off to World War II. That should have been the end of the story. He becomes a flyer himself. He is shot down, becomes a prisoner of war, comes back, and then in 1946, um, he begins to say, maybe we can make a business out of that thing we were talking about before. Comes up with the, the flying whammo uh, disc, and, uh, and then it's sold eventually to another company who goes back to the original name because... People like that name Frisbee. Frisbee is better. That's right. And now we have Frisbee Golf. I mean, it's just amazing to find one person tossing something on the beach uh, who himself becomes a flyer, uh, gets us excited about the possibility to fly. Now we have drones. We have all kinds of things. The people who have lifted our eyes beyond what we can do to what is possible, and even ridiculous things like ice cream cones uh, can uh, make a difference in of why history matters. Scott Washington, as always, thank you so much. Happy anniversary.